investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Good morning and welcome to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here with Monarch Wealth Management. My co-host, Jay Georgia. Good morning, Jay. What's going on? What is going on? Today is, uh, what's Thursday already? Yeah, we They all fly by. It's crazy. It's crazy when you're having fun how uh, quick time flies, right? We always have fun. Well, speaking of fun, what, uh, what kind of fun is going on in the market lately? It's been crazy. Like I love roller coasters. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big fan. You're not a. You know, as I get older, yeah, the yeah. the stuff that like spins, just just I can't do it. it makes you dizzy. So dizzy. Yeah, yeah. I think I did a somersault with my three year old, and I I uh, almost passed out. Yeah, that's how I feel when I'm looking at the market now. <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously, it's not. What is so? What's going on? What are you seeing? I just see fluctuations. Boom, boom, up, down, up, down. The even today the market opened I think up really up and now look at it you know how we how we looking today Nasdaq's down one eighty nine Dow's down twenty three S and P's down twenty one we're looking at point five one point four six point zero five and I think I think that's kind of the rotational trend that we're seeing right yeah yeah and you're right if we if we look at the market um, Dow Jones is down not even a not even a quarter basically flat. Uh, S and P is down half a percent. Yeah, but when it opened today, it was positive. Yeah, it was like up one or one hundred twenty-two. Tick by tick, you got to watch these things. So then you got the Nasdaq; it's down almost three times as much as the S and P, one and a half percent. For what a five-day period, or for just no, for like the last couple of minutes. Okay. In trading, literally, <laughs> um, but yeah, that and that's—I mean—that's what a lot of people are worried about. Is like, hey, we've made a ton of money mm-hmm. um, in the last five, ten years. We've averaged fifteen, twenty percent a year, fifteen to twenty percent a year, right. and we talk about the returns all the time, right? I mean, that's great that you made that money, but what are you doing right now to protect those gains? Like, what have you actually done so far to make sure that you are keeping a lot of those gains? And that's hard, right? It's it's a balancing act. It's like, yeah, I made a lot of money on this. Do I sell it now? Do I pay the tax? So you got to think about all those things. Yeah. Um, and certainly you don't want to let the, the tail wag the dog, meaning like, I don't want to sell this money because I'm up 250% on this stock. <laughs> you made money. Yeah. The reason you're paying taxes on that is because you have a gain. Yeah. If you decide, oh, geez, I don't want to sell this stock because I'll owe too much in tax, that's like saying I don't want to win the lottery because I'll have to pay the taxes. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're still up. Correct, correct. And there's things we do and we talk about on the show like all the time about non-qualified accounts. And it's not what you what you make but what you keep. And we talked about that in the last segment. Um, through tax loss harvesting, the strategies that we do for our clients day in and day out. We do it all the time. But um, we have noticed this trend, and, and that's part of the whole investment process, right? Knowing when to reduce the positions that you have, and, and maybe you start to see different trends, right? And um, now you have this new regime in office with a different focus, right? 
I mean, it's not the same focus. Not at all. Right? There's no pressure on these international uh, stocks, specifically, or stocks, uh, countries and, and nations. And you look at like China, uh, the China trade deals that are going on, the Paris Accord, those kind of things, it's all different. Not to get too political, but our job is literally to make our clients money and protect what they have, save, protect, and grow, invest, retire, all those kind of things. So it's definitely front of mind. Um, we've definitely noticed some volatility pick up in the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and the overall trend is is this reposition, this shift from these large tech companies mm -hmm. that have been going gangbusters the last five years, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and seeing the shift into some some more um, value plays that maybe didn't do so well, that were not the hot stocks, that did not have the best balance sheets in 2020. There's a few things that I think, to me, are a little unsettling, though. When you look at a company that's not open, that can't produce revenue, like how about the cruise lines, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So movie you can't... Theaters. Movie theaters. So movie theaters, they're they open AMC, to some extent, right? AMC. They're, but are movie theaters... I don't even know. Are they open? They are. They sort are, of? But they're not doing you know what nearly what they were doing just like any other company but i mean i think they were harder hit just like the cruise lines you know when's the last time you went to a movie before the pandemic i mean there you go i think the last <laughs> time lisa and i went to a movie was probably about i don't know maybe two or three years ago oh really okay yeah but you're and not it's avid you know like we love movies but not going to but not necessarily going to them yeah. when you have when you have a you know a younger child and um, you know, now you got to talk about a babysitter. It's like a whole planned event. Yeah. When I could just turn on my TV, pretty much get any movie I want besides the latest release. Although now, what yeah. what is it? HBO has a thing where it's a same day release. Yeah, with HBO Max. Yep. Yep. So is that every movie? Not every movie. I think okay. It's certain movies that come out that um, you know, they might, you know, not. I don't want to say own, but they have you know, rights to or whatever, how it works with these companies, you know, so. How do they make money on that? I mean, you subscribe to HBO Max or whatever, you, you, you pay. Right? I'm thinking they might think it might pull more people in if they offer that service, just like mm. with Disney. Look at Disney Plus, how it boomed, because they offered a certain type of service with new movies coming out only on Disney Plus, only on Disney Plus, you know. I would almost rate both of those um, sort of like a reopen type of stock. Mm -hmm. If... If you look at AMC, right, we have to have more comfort. Like, you got to feel good about going to the movie theater and not yeah. worried that, oh, geez, I'm going to get sick, whether it be the flu or COVID or whatever, yeah. um, that they're they're keeping um, people safe so that when you go in there, it's clean, it's sterilized, it's sanitized, whatever. Um, and then you mentioned Disney. So with Disney+, Plus, uh, we had Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe about a year ago, we got a like, free trial for a year, yeah. and you might think, "Oh, geez, the kids are going to get hooked. You can't cancel after, right?" Yeah. Well, my three-year-old, it doesn't matter if it's Disney or if it's a, you know, Nick Junior or Nickel, yeah. whatever it is, he'll watch it. Um, so the minute I cancel, all of a sudden there's this rush. We're like, "Oh wait, we can't get that movie." So we had to resubscribe to the oh, service. Really? Yeah. But <laughs> but with Disney, Disney is in a sense a reopen stock, right? Because the the parks were pretty much shut down or closed or limited for capacity. Closed. And I think are they still limiting? They're, they got to be, I right? Think, yeah, they're limited for capacity. Well, I mean, look at Texas. They just reopened full, right? Full, no mask mandate, right? Nothing. Nothing. Open. Yeah, I saw that and open there were some business. 
some social media posts on it and then some people um, commenting in a negative way saying, Jesus, this is not right. This is not fair. So, but yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all relative, but we are seeing a shift in how people are making money on these stocks and investments. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back with the show. The stock market leaving you confused about what to do and how to plan for the unknown. We analyze the market every day and go to work for you, our clients. Listen to our Pennywise Financial Podcast to learn how we battle market downturns and what we're doing right now with our portfolios. Protection is an important part of investing, and with this new COVID environment and the raging market returns, that gives people the assumption that things only go up. Listen, share, and subscribe to keep up on the latest. Welcome back to the show. Constantine here, Pennywise Financial Podcast. Joined by my co-host Jason Georgiev. Welcome back. Welcome back. And you talked about your uh, your uh, aspirations to go back to the Disney theme park. When's the last time you were at Disney? Disney, we went. Um, I think it was three years ago. Three years ago. We all went down. Yeah. Kids or just adults? But, no, every yeah, just adults. <laughs> Some adults a, love it. Though. That would be a fun trip, honestly, to Seriously. go to uh, what is it, Epcot, to visit mm-hmm. the countries of the world. To go around there, stop, have a little dinner, visit the attractions. It's fun for adults. Epcot was one of my favorite places, even as a kid. Yeah. All the different, like you said, the different cultures, the different food. Yeah. Um, It was pretty cool to see. It is. When you you have parks that are either closed Mm -hmm. or limited. So just talking about that one aspect. So it's more than just the theme park itself Mm -hmm. because it affects everyone else, right? They're suppliers. The food suppliers. Yeah. Um, you think of like Cisco and, and providing uniforms and providing mats and, and the food suppliers. Everybody's been affected by it and those employees and their families, et cetera. Yeah. But when we look at the stock market, you know, it's a market of stocks and they're trading on um, future estimates, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're trading on almost hopes. So yeah. you look at the cruise lines, which are not open. Have been on fire lately. Yeah, a lot of the travel, um, everything hotels. except Hyatt hotels, hotels, Marriott, Hyatt has been getting some backlash because of that event they held. And uh, yeah, but their stock's been booming. It's cra- it's crazy. <laughs> but the last couple of days, what I've seen is you'd show all the the hotel stocks, and yeah. then Hyatt's red. All the other ones are green. A little pullback. But yeah, it's not a it's, it's not, not like a fifty percent correction. No, but it's still it's it you know. Yeah. Again, a lot of the trading on stocks is speculation. Mm-hmm. Hence, your GameStop type of uh, yeah. plays where the mar- it's up 50, 100. So it was trading at like 40 bucks like a week ago. What's yeah. the trading at? Like 120, 130 now? Yeah, yeah. Well, it jumped, I think, uh, I can't remember the day, but one day last week, it jumped um, 65% in the last 15 minutes of trading. Is that all? Yeah, that's <laughs> not bad. <laughs> Well, you look at uh, Rocket Mortgage that was up the other day, uh, 20, 30% uh, through the day, and then it opened yesterday, I think 25% down. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you, you definitely have rising interest rates. It's kind of a concern, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully that trend slows a little bit. But there is a letter, um, you know, so I just read this the other day. A couple days ago, um, the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, I'm sure you've heard that name before. Um, he issues this this letter, this investor letter. So one thing that he addresses in the letter, I think is pretty compelling, is talking about 
the um, the interest rate in bonds. And so let's let me let me go back to it. And and um, and this is what he says. And I quote: "And bonds are not the place to be these days. Can you believe that the income recently available from a ten-year U.S. Treasury bond, the yield was 0.93 percent at year end, had fallen 94 percent from the 15.8 percent yield available in September 1981." End quote. So think about that for a minute. So 1981, um, our generation, when we were born, the yields were 15.8%, yeah. right? Yeah. And now a 10-year is right around one. Yeah. So lock up your money for a 10-year period, and you're going to get less than 1%. And I would argue that inflation is probably higher than that. Mm-hmm. You look at the, have you seen gas prices last few weeks? They've gone up. Gone up. 10 cents, 20 cents just about every week. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that. I remember filling up my car. It was like a 20-gallon tank in probably 1999, and it was like 18 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, for that, the, the gas price, I think it depends on, you know, the political climate and what's going on now with, you know, the last political, the president. Regime. The regime, the I mean, gas prices were very low, we, and they were they stayed low. They, we never saw huge fluctuations going up. We saw a decrease in gas prices, and now just in three months, we've seen such an increase. Big time. With yeah, big time. Regime. Big time, yeah. And I, I know that some of the sectors that you know might look appealing um, is a part of this reopen type of trade. And we've made some adjustments in our portfolios, but it's minor tweaks. And we'll talk about our process in just a minute, but... Um, the, these reopen trades, you know, the movie theaters, uh, the hotels, maybe the airlines, the cruise ships. Um, but what about other things that people may have um, not done as much? Going out for a coffee, going out for dinner. Uh, we drove by Olive Garden. Was, <laughs> Olive Garden. So you think of like Darden restaurants. It's Red Lobster, Olive Garden, all those. Packed. I think it was an hour and a half, two hour wait. Like I don't know if they've been on that kind of wait you know, in the last 12 months, probably not, mm-hmm. you know, but those kind of places have the cash on their balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. They're sustainable. If you're uh, mom and pop, uh, Jay Georgiev owning your, your small diner restaurant and you're at 50% max capacity and you really only have 25, 30% of people coming in, you're probably not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these, I think they said the other day, 150,000 small businesses, restaurants in the service industry have closed they're gone i think a big thing too is people are getting more comfortable with going out now um and i've noticed this because we go we go out to eat you guys comfortable yeah but i don't i i am comfortable going out but i still wear my mask i'm still careful i'm not i don't overdo it when i go into a restaurant i sit down at my table i take take off off the mask. mask but that's normal that's what everybody does to eat whatever i think you have to isn't it pretty much a mandate well, you have to in order to eat. So. <laughs> now, here's one question I got. How come some restaurants you go in, and I don't even know if you know the answer. Maybe you do. I just don't know. You go in, and it's like every other table is like taped off or X'd out yep. or whatever. Yep. And then other restaurants you go in, and it's like normal. I think it depends on the owner. Mm. I think that's what it comes So down. there's no like actual mandate? I think there is. But I think oh. it's what the owner, what level the owner takes it to. I you see. You know what I mean? 
as a business owner for that place or the corporation, like you said, Darden for Olive Garden, for, for Red Lobster, you know, they might have something that's all the restaurants in the corporation or that entity. They all follow the same. They all follow the same suit. You know what I mean? Whereas you go into your mom and pop shop, yeah, they're following the rules, but they're not going crazy with it or overdoing it like some of these other restaurants. We just went into a restaurant. We had the most horrible service. We waited <laughs> 45 minutes to sit down. Place was empty. I think, oh. I, I think people are just, and some of these businesses are just forgetting how to do this or not able to compensate. Like maybe they have food shortages or they don't you know, have enough employees on at the time. They weren't expecting such a rush. But from what I see, I see people starting to venture out more. I see the traffic increasing on the streets, especially on the weekends. I see the, the stores are very busy now. So I see people becoming more comfortable going out and venturing out, you know, and the places of business aren't able to compensate for that. Maybe they're not ready for it. And and the other thing is, how do you adjust? They, they probably don't know how to adjust their staffing, like their food and all that. Um, it's hard. It's I And I do. I feel for them. Dave and I last year did a bunch of different campaigns with gift cards and try to support local business. I will say one of my American Express cards, which I think is fantastic, every single month, and I'm going to have a, a, a post on this, but every single month, what they do is if you go and spend at least 15 bucks at a, a local restaurant, mm -hmm. they will actually comp your lunch or dinner or whatever that cost was. Okay. Every single month, they'll do a new one. Wow. Wherever you want to go. Wow. So I think that's great. I want to I wanna, uh, take a post of a picture and post it of uh, the new place I go every month. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of neat. It m might make it fun and interesting and give back to the community. And uh, I'm glad that they're able to do that. With that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the show. Retirement income is not an endgame. It's only part of your planning. It's meant to carry you through a long and big part of your life that can't be filled with worry or concern that you'll outlive your money. The last thing you want to worry about after working the past 30 to 40 years of your life is money and having enough of it. Listen to our show and schedule consultation to learn more about how we can give you the confidence you deserve so you can focus on the things you truly enjoy. Welcome back to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, co-host Jay Georgia. So uh, we talked about food. I'm starting to, you're making me hungry now. Lunchtime yet? <laughs> no, it's only 10.30. <laughs> so so um, uh, we talked about stocks and different segments that we're starting to notice a rotation out of. One thing I think is important is I talked to some new prospects in the last couple of weeks. They want to know more about our process, right? So what, what makes Monarch Wealth Management so different, so unique? Why... Uh, why are you different than the other 50 firms that are on your same main road, right? And the stories will sound very similar, right? It's not like you have this compelling story about how you're able to access a certain type of investment that no one else can do. Yeah. We all tell pretty much the same story. Dave likes to say this often. I'm going to steal this from him, but he says the proof is in the pudding. And, and, and I couldn't agree with that more. 
right? So when you have a client that's been with you for a long time, they understand and they can speak that truth um, from experience. But other people that are coming to us from local investment firms, why are they looking to us? They already have somebody they're working with. What I'm hearing is that they're not necessarily happy with the contact that they're getting or lack thereof from their person. And that's that's always been kind of a one of the things that people talk about as the biggest factor for them changing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we talk about how we invest in our process, and our process is a, it's a vetting process, right? So we have a team approach. We've got four practicing advisors, mm-hmm. two partners that started the firm. So we started the firm back in 14, and we do this process. So when we meet, we have an investment committee. We take an analysis and inventory of the uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever we might own for, for different clients. And we vet those and say, do we still want to own those? Is there still some value in owning those particular investments? If not, are we going to scale back on that holding or completely eliminate or replace? So um, they're not knee-jerk reactions, right? It's part of a process. And it's not like all of a sudden, uh, today this company that you buy is fantastic and next week we need to sell it. If that was the case, we did a, a poor assessment on choosing that stock or that investment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I think, one of the downfalls that a lot of retail investors, when they do it on their own, that's one of the pitfalls that that they fall into, <clears throat> excuse me, is not knowing or understanding when they should be selling things, mm-hmm. adding, reducing. So let's say you had an investment, whatever it might be, a stock, a fund, uh, ETF, and maybe a couple of months later, it's down 20%. You say to yourself, geez, should I be selling this? I would always go back to the real reason, the initial reason that you first bought or invested in that. Hopefully it was not a trade. If it was a trade, maybe you should have some uh, downside protection, right? Because a trade tells me that I want to own something for a very short period of time. It's almost a gamble, right? And so I don't like gambling. I don't, if you... I mean, I worked in casinos. I've seen it happen from first, you know, my point of view. I've seen people lose money left and right. I hate losing money. In the casinos, I mean, they have a competitive advantage. They make it fun and exciting. That's the whole point of going to a casino. Right? The way I look at casinos to me is you're paying for entertainment. Mm -hmm. If you come back uh, with the same amount of money that you had before going, that's, that's a huge win. Free entertainment. Right. If if you spent uh, whatever your limit is, if it's a few hundred bucks and you're comfortable spending that money and you had a great time, you had some good food, maybe a few drinks, maybe some music. If you're a slot machine person, maybe you saw a little action. It's like a video game, I guess, right? Um, but you have to be comfortable with that. That's another area. Think about this. Casinos fill a lot of seats. And there's a lot of this hand touch. You're, you're touching with your hands of slot machines, and that's really where they make a lot of their, their revenue, right? Mm-hmm. It's from those slot machines. They shut a lot of those down. I don't even know what they're doing. Like, do they have plastic all over the slot machines? or their car? Have you been to a casino? Yep. You have. Yep. Which one? December. December. Which casino? Um, Finger Lakes or? No. Uh, what's the new one? Del Lago? Del Lago. Del Lago. Del Lago, yeah. So my backyard, basically. It was empty. 
It was empty. Completely empty. I mean, I'm shocked. As far as far as the <laughs> casino goes. Right. But they didn't have anything on the slot machines. You just went and you played the slot machine. And they had people walking around with, you know, spray bottles and would... Spraying the people? Randomly, <laughs> randomly spray you in the face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> randomly spray the machines, you know, when they see people aren't on them. But, I mean, it was empty. So it, it wasn't like I got up from the machine and somebody went there and sprayed because I used it. Okay. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of random. Kind of random. Clean. And yeah, and it was empty, so I don't think they were too concerned. I mean, if, if there was more people in there, I think they would have been more concerned. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but just because of the capacity that it was at was nothing. So you would see the people randomly spraying here and there, you know, cleaning the machines. But Any difference in cost, like for either parking or drinks or food at the casino? No. No. The reason I bring that up when we mention restaurants, mm-hmm. and a lot of these restaurants, if they're small mom and pop, they did, they couldn't do 50% where they shut the tables down because they'd have no one in there. Yeah. They put up like these plexiglass dividers, yeah. right? I've seen yeah. that at a lot of places, if yeah. they could afford it, which is not cheap. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I have noticed that the price of food and drinks in restaurants has gone up. Not like mm-hmm. if it was $5, it's all of a sudden 10 mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe if it was five, it's five seventy five, six six fifty, something like that. Yeah, I haven't noticed that. And the other part that I noticed too, I was at the dentist the other day, mm-hmm. right? And so we saw probably about a thirty five percent increase in our cost just for a normal uh, teeth cleaning and uh, evaluation so assessment. In six months, you're saying because every six months you correct do cleaning correct. You know? Is that what you do every six months? I think so. So years ago, it used to be once a year I would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe like five, ten years ago, they said, well, we think every six months. And I'm I'm on board. Yeah. I like a nice smile, nice clean teeth, right? My son <laughs> my son just started going to the dentist. And he's so worried about it. Every, ten years ago, you know? I know. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, and I started looking around. When I go in there into the dentist, there's plastic everywhere. And so when I get up and I'm done, they rip that plastic off and throw it into the trash. And I was talking to my hygienist and she says, geez, you know, I understand there's additional costs, but I'm worried about the environment, mm-hmm. you know, especially if this administration is, is, is also worried about that. Yeah. Um, think about all the plastic now going into landfills. Crazy amounts of plastic. Right? Yeah. But you say that about your dentist. When I went to the dentist... There was none of that. They the the hygienist had the shield on, mm-hmm. but there was nothing really. But they usually wear the shield anyway, don't they? Or they used to wear just that blue mask. Yeah, usually okay. Just the blue yeah, mask, you're right. But they had the you know the shield on their face, um, and gloves, and then I mean they normally have the paper suit on or yep. whatever it is, you know. Um, but from I didn't notice anything different. You know that little sink they have. Yes. To spit into. Yes, yes, yes. The rinse sink. I wasn't allowed to use that. Oh. Well, I could so, use it, but it was again covered. Yeah. It was clothed in plastic. Yeah. And again, they rip it off. Like the buttons had plastic on it that yeah. they would rip off and this place had so much plastic, you might think, I mean, they got a connection with a, f- a factory it was here like locally. A clean room. <laughs> it was. It was, I actually felt I felt cleaner than my house going there. Um, but yeah, so d- was the cost of your cleaning any different? Well, Same price. Me, I have the insurance to cover. So you don't it, know. So I don't really. I see my I see. co-payment done. You know? I see. So the co-payment. Oh, I see it when I pay full full price. Yeah, you have different insurance. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. But yeah, right. So rising costs um, for restaurants, for a lot of businesses that for us, I don't think our business was really impacted in from that perspective. It was less meetings, obviously in person, yeah. uh, or I'd say 80 to 90% of our folks didn't want to meet in person. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, the meetings we do, we obviously wearing masks um, or Zoom meetings. Yeah. We've always had that capability. Mm-hmm. We've always been able to do it. Yeah. People have been kind of reluctant. And it's weird. It's different. It's delayed. It's not yeah. quite the same. I mean, even when you do a podcast over the phone and you can't see the person talking, it's different than when you're meeting in a room. The dynamics are different. You can see their eyes. You can see their expression yeah. and, and all those things. Um, but yeah. Talking about investments, so I think uh, it's a philosophy. It's understanding why you invested in the things that you bought initially, um, adjusting those, and having a game plan. Always keeping to that plan, being disciplined in your approach. Not just kind of scatterbrained, like, oh, GameStop's up, let me buy that, let me buy this stock, let me go over here. Oh, financials look great, let me sell all my investments and go there. A lot of people ask that question, right? Like if big tech is having a sell-off, and I think this sell-off could continue, mm-hmm. long-term rising interest rates could have an impact on tech stocks. They can. On utilities, on fixed income, on bonds. They're less attractive if higher rates are coming in the form of fixed income. Mm-hmm. Right? But we still have a long, long way to go. I mean, at 1% for the 10-year treasury. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, um, we certainly keep those um, front of mind with our investment process and then uh, building in some some type of protection, whether it be from trading options, looking at more secure investments, we do make those tweaks for our clients. Make sense? Yes. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of Pennywise Financial Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Constantine here with Monarch Wealth Management. Thank you, Jay. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.